0: okay do we have show notes did you post any notes
1: i started some but i thought i'd have more time yesterday at work yeah and it was actually busy so there's a lot of little things i wanted to talk about and i was trying to do like a year in review so far okay so i just wrote down different categories like podcasts games right
0: yeah i did the same thing
1: oh you did Except I didn't get to fill mine out fully. Like, so some are just blank.
0: Yeah, mine has, I've been doing it, I've been keeping the list since like the beginning of the year and just oh, okay. putting stuff in there as I come across it.
1: Yeah, I, I have an idea, but yeah, I didn't get a lot down. So,
0: okay, so what do you want to start with?
1: Uh, so I kind of wanted to start on a morbid topic really quick.
0: Great. Okay. Perfect for a bright and sunny Saturday, Saturday morning. <laughs>
1: uh, what did I wake up Saturday thinking about? I, I woke up thinking about this. Um, I saw somebody post something about their dog. Uh-huh. No, actually, you know what? This is like just looking at Reddit or whatever. Okay. And lately on Reddit, I've been seeing just on like their main page. Um... You know, here's my best friend. He's 20 years old and right. still happy or whatever. Yeah. And so I saw this cat and it clearly was blind in one eye, <laughs> so you know, weird. and uh, there are these dogs that are just laying on a pillow. Right. And you can tell. Like they can't get up from that pillow, you know. Yeah,
0: there's a lot. There is a lot of old aunt pets making it to the front page of Reddit recently, for whatever reason. For whatever reason, I, I guess I- it's just kind of like a, I don't even know what that is a call. What that's called, but somebody sees it and then they're just like, "Oh, hey, I." I got that too.
1: Yeah. It's funny how sometimes that seems to like catch.
0: Yeah. It's just like a like snowball effect.
1: One thing makes right. it to the main page, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, hey, I didn't know Reddit was all into old pets. Here's my uh, old pet, you right. know? Um, Here's my pet that uh,
0: can't move. <laughs> right. And we'll probably be putting down next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to
1: post a picture of just like fossils.
2: He's
1: my childhood dog. It's uh, we still love him. We buried
0: him. him in the backyard about twenty years ago. Hey, I
1: saw everybody <laughs> posting, it, so I dug him up. <laughs> I thought y'all would want to see how he's doing now.
3: Um, but yeah, it, it got me thinking. Like, at what point have we
1: just been able to extend like some of these pets? normal lives right are like half of what you see posted and part of you is like oh man that's so good he's kicking but then the other part of you is like that's like a hell yeah you know um and so i guess i wanted to get your take like what's your take on because i've had pets that have had to be put down mm-hmm. you've had some pets that have had to be put down mm-hmm. so I don't mean like just come in here and start poking around (laughs) but like is there something to you know hey we can extend this animal's life but like do you have any like internal clock on that stuff or is it just kind of like when the moment comes up and you just can't do anything more you're like yeah i mean
0: it's it's a really hard position to be in because like with willie there were multiple times before we had to actually put him down. I would say probably over the course of the a y- of the year before we did, where I thought, like, this was it. Mm-hmm. where like he had moments where he would wake up and for whatever reason, like he just like couldn't even move. Like his legs weren't working. You know what I mean? Yeah, but then. But even then, up until... Or, and then that would, like, be gone after a day or two. Uh, like Or, like, he was struggling to get up and down the stairs. Um, but then that would go away. Mm-hmm. And before we even put him down, he was, like, seemed pretty healthy. Now, yeah. I will say, after getting Ace and seeing how much energy he had, you sort of realize, like... Oh, yeah. Willie was an old dog. Mm -hmm. He definitely was not acting like this. You know what I mean? But he seemed like his vision was fine. His hearing was fine. His sense of smell was fine. Mm -hmm. Right. But he was an old, slower dog. But then with Willie, it kind of. What happened was we kind of hit this crossroads where it's like something was clearly going very wrong with his body because he had that thing in his neck Yeah, that just like overnight like exploded. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like over the next couple days, you could tell he was like having a hard time breathing and he wasn't able to like put his head down. And so you kind of have to make the decision of like, well, I don't want him to struggle, obviously. I don't want him to like lay down on his bed and not be able to go to sleep and then be miserable for like the next 12 hours until he gets like just he just dies I guess on yeah. his bed right. and then my girl's wake up in the morning they come downstairs and <laughs> like oh hey Willie's dead <laughs> right? right so we had to make the conscious decision to like take him into the vet and have him put down uh so but yeah there, but but even then during that decision as we're in the vet it's like you know and he just Got out of a month prior having this uh, $800 surgery to have his part half of his ear removed because he mm-hmm. had these tumors on his body. And it's like, you know, we're not rich people. If we were super rich, we probably could have afforded to, I guess, have him have some kind of surgery where they go into his neck and remove this thing that's ballooned up. Yeah. But even then, like, at, at what point is it like, You know, that gives him another month. Like, we had a small, more or less inconsequential tumor removed from his ear, right? And a month later, something way worse happened. So, it's like, at what point do you stop just kind of dragging things out? And with a dog, you alone are responsible for making that decision, right? Because the dog obviously has no, no say in it, has no idea what's going on, really. But. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. It some people, you know, it's just, is like a personal thing, I guess. But yeah, it's yeah. definitely like,
1: yeah. yeah. And it's hard to see it. I know like, and, and for me, Indy is pushing more and more for a dog. Right. And it's getting harder and harder to say no to him. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like what reality with a dog would be like, and I don't know if this makes me like a really bad owner. Mm hmm. But part of what I think about is, um, hey, your dog has a, you know, a tumor on his leg, mm-hmm. and you know it'll be three hundred dollars right. to cut it out, but then he'll be fine. And I'm like. All right, buddy. See it's you been later. A good, it's, a, it's been a really <laughs> it's good been, run. It's been a good two years, but right, you know, yeah. But uh, roll the dice, and you all got that. this growth, <laughs> and we don't know what it is, and that's it, you know. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's like that's the sign of a bad. And and I know people are like, oh, you'll get mo-. like I've had I've had dogs before. Yeah, I know how it works, and I know that if that dog like is lethargic for one day, mentally, my clock is ticking on like. When, when are we putting him down? <laughs> you know, like he better get better in the next yeah. two days because we, we just talk about not being rich. We just don't have the money for it, right. you know? Um, and so anyway, that, that's something that, that makes me feel like I shouldn't own a dog. At the same time, I remember being a kid and going over to a friend's house. And every time I went over there, I was told, you can't get the dog excited. You can't Mm -hmm. look. Don't touch him. Right. Because if he gets excited at all, he he can barely breathe as it is. (laughs) And he will just like one time I literally remember he got excited and he was like. (laughs) And he just fell over. He literally fell over. (laughs) Right. And, you know, and I was like, what?
2: Yeah.
0: What are you doing? Well, that's what happened with my parents' second dog. He got so hot. He he got so hot from literally from going outside peeing and coming back into an air conditioned car. And then he he was so hot from that and he was old enough that he could not cool himself off. He had water, he was in a climate controlled environment and he just died because he couldn't because he overheated from going outside to pee in like June in Kentucky. Right? So it's like yeah but but I think with a lot of that too with like the surgery and all that that stuff comes like with when you've formed that connection with the dog right like like I said from the outside with no relationship to the pet whatsoever it's it's normal to be like look at this mm-hmm. looking at this thing objectively right but once you've had that dog for 10 12 years yeah. it becomes a very very hard decision
2: yeah
1: and i think i think it's good like i i want any to experience a dog as well because there is something to the fact that like um like the loyalty of dogs but loyalty of a good pet mm-hmm. you know what i mean is like it's it's really a great thing to have in your life you know it can mm-hmm. be um so i'm i'm all for it i also thought it, <laughs> we've tried to pacify indy in certain ways from getting a dog mm-hmm. so i forgot i forget the reason now i feel really bad but we got a fish
3: uh-huh.
1: and i look at this fish it's just a little like beta fish in the little aquarium right and part of me thinks like what is that fish's existence? Is it, a, yeah. is it just living in hell in that little <laughs> tank? And the fish just has no way of, like, yeah. letting us know, like, I want to end it in here. Right. You know? Or I was thinking, too, like, how oblivious we are to, like, the needs of a fish. Yeah. I don't know if that thing is sick. I have no... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are times where I think he's, like, kind of swimming a little sideways. And I'm like, oh, is that... But then he'll, like, write himself where I'm like, oh, I guess he's okay. But, I mean, mm-hmm. that could be, like, just the worst pain he's feeling <laughs> in his entire life. And I have no idea. Yeah. I have no connection to that thing.
2: Yeah, I, that's,
0: you know, like I said, once you have the connection, it's, it becomes a very, very hard decision. Although, I will say, uh, Willie was a special dog to me. Obviously, you know, having him since he was a puppy mm-hmm. and then having him his entire life until he was 13 and moving across the country and all this stuff. Yeah. And it was just me and him for a lot of that time. And uh, so obviously, like, Willie meant a lot to me. Ace, don't really care about. We've had him since August. Not my greatest decision in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say that now. He's a very sweet dog. Yeah, he is. Very nice. Yeah. But he also has some things that make him just a huge pain in the ass. And, you know.
1: what's what, one of the big ones? Just out of curiosity. Uh,
0: I think the biggest one, at this point, honestly, the biggest one is just his behavior towards other dogs. Yeah. Because he is a dog that has a lot of energy. And so he requires a lot of walking and a lot of exercise which I'm happy to do, which I would love to do, right? I get, to, I take him for uh, three miles in the morning, three miles at night, either running or walking, and it's great. But he goes insane when there's another dog around. He gets so aggressive that it's gotten to the point to where it's like, to where as soon as I see another dog, I literally have to pick him up And just keep on walking and even while I'm doing that he's like scratching me up and down my sides and barking and yipping and he's a 60 pound dog right and it's just like and and even saying it out loud it still sounds kind of simple but I also am like really embarrassed during this and I just wish I didn't have to deal with it I don't know like how and like it seems like the only real solution to it would be to like pay a ton of money to, to have him, him down. Yeah. be, like, trained or whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to just, hey, you buddy. know. <laughs> right. You had a good run. Hey, listen, this dog's really ruining my walks, my morning walks, <laughs> so he's got to go. So I think it's time. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, he's also, as you've noticed, very, and this isn't as much of a big deal, and I'm hoping it will get better over time. Like I said, we've only had him for less than a year. He is very, very needy of attention. And it's not just like like Willie liked attention too, but Ace is like jumping on you, knocking into you, sitting in your lap if you get on the floor, sitting in your lap when you get on the couch. Like he needs to be petted and have your full attention 100% of the time. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, that stuff like that, I'm expecting to sort of calm down over time. Right. The stuff with the dog, I don't know what I'm going to do about. Like, like I used to take him to when I would drop Sophia off in the mornings, we would all walk down to the school and I'd have Ace walk with us. But lately, some other guys now walking both of his dogs and they're both just like not a care in the world. They're not even on a leash they just stay next to this guy's side. And Ace is going ballistic and chomping and biting and whining and howling. And so I just can't take him anymore. Yeah. It's a huge pain in the ass.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I, I hope that, you know, in, in a year, all of that kind of fades. Um, I think, too, that there is something about, and we've had this before, but having a pet at this stage of life. Like, you know, when you're a kid, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember being a kid and wanting a dog and being like, what's stopping my dad from just like, <laughs> right. he can do whatever he wants. Yeah, like, just go he, get a dog. Go get a dog. Yeah. Like, go get a dog. I remember looking at adults being like, you're just sitting at home. Like, you can go see a movie right now. I'm like, go see a movie. Right. Like, go yeah. go do something. Uh, and now that I'm as old as I am, I'm like... Yeah, I don't want a dog. I don't yeah. want to go out. I just want to responsibility, you're right? Yeah, I don't want the responsibility. Uh, again, I'm feeling like will I be a good owner to this dog? Mm. Like uh, you know? Um and, and yeah, things are more complicated. But but I think also like maybe our lives, like you get to a point where, you know, the the, the dog can't mean the same that meant to you when right. you're younger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there like there's not that that, especially when you have a kid. That's what I was gonna kids. say. I think once you
0: have kids, right. that connection isn't as strong as if you didn't, as if you don't have kids. Like I can see basically zero through like twenty five forming a very strong connection with their yeah. pets, and then once you have kids, it's kind of like, oh, this is our family dog. Yeah, he's a part of the family, but uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. But then, like, once your kids move out, right? You're like retired. Your kids move out. You get another and then, dog, yes. and it's like this is my dog. This you know is oh I mean?
1: yeah, in our deathbeds together. This one, <laughs> right. he and I, and, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the one that then gets cataracts and whatever, because maybe yeah. your, your idea at that point is like, listen, I'm going to die too. Right. We're he going just, through this together. Yeah. He just needs to hang on, and we'll and we'll just like, you know, we'll we'll hold each other. Yeah. Um. So yeah, maybe that's maybe that's why it is. But yeah, it, it, I, I feel like. Your arguments basically are like, Ace, you're supposed to be a family dog. You're supposed to be the afterthought of this family. Right. Like, everything's <laughs> supposed to be making sure like, my girls are still alive right. and healthy and whatever. Right. And you're not supposed to mess up my morning walks. Right. You're not supposed to, like, um, annoy me. Right. At all.
0: You're at the bottom of the totem pole here, dog. Of the, so, okay. act your like needs it. come after every single other person in this house. Right. Not and, first. I don't I'm not waking up earlier to feed you than I do my daughters. Yeah. Although I have to cuz he just sits and whines. But it's like yeah. Ideally that's what you would. Ideally you just want a thing that's there basically. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. And he doesn't like I think his his little idiosyncras- idiosyncrasies are not as um like understated like willie and i know i know this to be true mm-hmm. ever since he was younger i remember being in florida with you and willie doing this he would like to sit on my big toe right and put his butthole right, <laughs> right. on my toe <laughs> And that's what he would do. And I would be like talking, not looking. And I would just feel a warm (laughs) circle just envelop my big toe. And it was Uh Willie. That is disgusting and annoying, (laughs) but more understated and kind of like it fit who Willie was, Uh you know, like uh, an ace. Like you said, if you tie his idiosyncrasy to something. He's a maniac. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like him Willy attacking Willie was a lot more dogs. subtle than, <laughs> right. than Aces. Right. This dog, if you like, you know, anthropomorphize him into like a human, He he's probably a serial killer, right. you know, who just kills smaller things right. than
3: <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, Willie was subtle.
1: So next, I guess, well, <clears throat> I guess one thing that I wanted to touch on really quick is um, there's been a lot of, well, maybe we could move this into the year in review. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we move into the year in review. So okay, let's do it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we, uh, we haven't been doing this podcast long enough to have a, tra- a tradition of anything, but uh, we've done this before you know midway through a year once before (laughs) yeah once before so this is our second not even annual uh but just second uh year in review episode and so yeah i think you know one thing that i've really um started doing as i've gotten older is like making lists or at least being able to reflect on what i've like watched or read mm-hmm. because what i find is i just forget it so easily uh, which is another good reason for doing this podcast um and it you know thing like i feel like my time loses value <laughs> you know right. if i'm like hey what did i what did i watched last right week? if you're you not know, documenting it yeah i'm not documenting it then i i don't know what i did yeah you know was it good or bad wasting time was I even existing yeah. last week? Are we all just in a simulation sure. that resets every day? <laughs> um, so, anyway, I thought, yeah. So, uh, did you kind of break it up into categories of things that you've done, or how did you yeah, kind of so make it so I've got list?
0: music, movies, books, podcasts, and games. And my games include like board, board games, games and video games and stuff. Although there's,
1: not really much in any of the categories. Really quick, I, um, maybe, maybe the, you, you are going to cut this out, but I thought of this yesterday randomly. So I listened to a podcast. This is not going on my, um, probably not making my year review list, right. but, <clears throat> um, I, I've always been like <clears throat> in and out of the best show, and I always enjoy it when I listen to it. But it, I'm not regular. Yeah. Um. But I. It's intimidating to
0: regularly listen to a three hour long.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. It, and, and that's what it comes down to, right? But I am on a big kick of best show again. Mm-hmm. Like I've gone back and and caught up on some of my old episodes. Um, Tom Sharpling's singing intros. Yes are hilarious hilarious yeah <laughs> like amazing yeah so um <clears throat> so i've been listening to that and then i kind of um started watching a show that probably isn't going to make my year in list called joe para talks to you mm-hmm. uh who's a comic that i've kind of like seen here and there but he's really grown on me mm-hmm. like his style it's just really specific he's like an old midwestern kind mm-hmm. of quiet soul mm-hmm. who's like 30 you know right. he just talks real slow and and so uh those two interests collided in a podcast called dr game show mm-hmm. and dr game show apparently was a show back on wfmu yeah and it's two uh stand-up comics or improv comics maybe um and Tom Sharpling, Joe Perra work with one of them, Joe Firestone, and then another guy who I don't know where he's from. But basically, the premise of their show is they will just do games that have been submitted to them by listeners. Right. And so I randomly, I've only listened to two episodes, Tom Sharpling's and Joe Pera's. Mm-hmm. And I was literally driving home from work last, last night and an idea just came to me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to maybe throw it your way and maybe get some... Maybe you could help me build it out. So my idea was I was talking to somebody and they said process, but they said process. They were like, yeah, you know, you got to go through the process. And I was like, process. Uh, I'd never heard anybody say. I've
0: heard process before. You've heard process. I've heard it before. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I have not. So anyway, that's
0: like, um, what was, um, what was the president of our college's name
1: oh uh rutland rutland was that it
0: he always used to say
1: schedule or whatever okay so this is it so i thought what if there is a game where you have a group of people and you have to go around and everybody says a word like there's a list of words right Mm -hmm. And you just have to go down the words but the word would be maybe starting off like schedule You know, uh, I guess maybe process or process should be on there. Uh, Faux pas, maybe the band name Parquet Courts. You know, how do people say faux pas differently? Oh no, I've heard some people who probably the people who like maybe aren't as familiar with it. I've heard people like phonetically be like fox paws. Yeah, but they're just saying it wrong. No, no, exactly. But I mean, trying to think of maybe some common words that Mm -hmm. either people. Uh, pronounce like regularly pronounced differently, or mm. words that maybe somebody might not be familiar with. That's on the list, mm-hmm. and just you go around and you say the word. If a majority of the group reacts negatively to the way you said that, if they go like, <laughs> "What? You're out." Uh-huh. And it keeps going. If you're out, you still vote, uh-huh. right? Um, so you're still engaged in the game, but then you end up with like one last person standing who says the most words in a way that doesn't offend anybody. Sure. But I don't have a title for it. Uh, um, I don't know. I was thinking about trying to title it something about faux pas, right? Because mm-hmm. that's kind of what the whole idea is. Yeah. Um, so I was going to like put that in, but I didn't know if there were like, if you could help me think of some words um, that could maybe go uh, on there. Or I if think that's- segue probably sticks out. Ooh. Just because it's spelled like
0: S E G U E, yeah, right. It's it doesn't look like anything like how it's pronounced. Um, quinoa, I think, is a good one. Ooh. Q U I N O A. See,
1: you're going for the spellings. I, yeah. I didn't even really think. That's no, that's that's good. I was like, I was the only thing I was like is I was like, you can't put tomato on there. Bagel. You know what, I
0: mean? what? Bagel. Because some people say bagel. No one says yeah, bagel. I'm telling you. Yes, Nobody they do. Nathan does. Nathan does. Nathan, does. Nathan, Steve's brother. He says bagel. Or he did at one point, I'm pretty sure. I'm telling you, people say bagel. I'm shocked. I'm. I'm ta- I, I, it may be like a...
1: I, I feel like that's... I had one friend in elementary school who wouldn't say jumped. He'd say jammed.
0: Yeah, it, that's just wrong.
1: No, no. that's. A, but I think that's the same as the bagel thing like it's just one I maybe I just because
0: i've heard too many people say bagel I, i'm telling you i've heard it
1: okay i don't <laughs> get down buddy Gee.
0: okay but that what that would get you knocked out then i'm telling you people say that yeah oh if anybody said ba- bagel that i
1: can't imagine anybody being like oh that sounds right
0: but that's more like regional stuff like what about like creek and crick right or like roof and roof
1: yeah, that's that, that that's regional. Yeah. Or I could just put in like the um, not even one word. I'll just say like the word for soda and right. see if they say pop or right. well, I can cola just cola. Yeah. And yeah, whatever you say, then people can react. Like, are you in a pop group or are you in a <laughs>
0: cola group? S- cola group.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
0: a good one. Uh, before we move on, I want to quickly give a shout out to someone that I know listens to the podcast, Marco. It's his birthday today. Oh, so happy birthday, Marco. Happy
1: birthday, Marco. I, um, I, I mean, I really, I'll use this space to just say I've been wanting to connect with you because I still (laughs) think about you a lot. I really do. I really do. You come up. In some conversations with Elise and uh, yeah, I want
0: to. Yeah, that is interesting, though, that there are people who I would consider myself really close friends with at least at one point in my life who you just don't talk to anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like like Steve, like Steve. I I think about Steve all the time. Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to him in years. Exactly. But one memory that I have that has stuck with me for whatever reason growing up. Maybe it's because I looked up to my half brothers, but they were like 20 years older than me. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I remember them always doing is once a year, regularly, coming back to Ohio to hang out with all of their friends from college. It's like, I think about that (laughs) fairly often. I think about there are people that I was really good friends with in college that I haven't talked to in multiple years. Yeah. Maybe even like. Ten
3: years
0: at this
2: point so i
1: don't know Happy just something that happens
0: when you're growing up yeah (laughs) happy birthday with that being (laughs) said
1: happy birthday (laughs) as we we reflect on all the people gone and but not forgotten in our lives (laughs) uh happy birthday marco
0: all right so let's move on to best of the year so far and this is the way i've done it um i have my own way of looking at it like you uh, because I don't, I'm not like seeking out as much of this stuff as often as I could probably be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not like actively looking for like new stuff to listen to. I just kind of like take it as I, however I come across it. So my list is kind of, uh, it's basically the the best of like what's new to me in 2018.
1: Right. So not necessarily. So,
0: yeah, it's not necessarily from this year. (laughs) I It just is what I have listened to the most or watched the most or whatever. Same here. Okay. So I'm going to start with music. There's been – this is my biggest category because, like I've said before, I'm trying to listen to more music. Mm -hmm. Um, And this has been a good year. It has been, Yeah. Yeah. So the new MGMT album was great, is great, Little Dark Age. Uh, I still listen to it fairly regularly.
1: Yeah, I kind of, um, I'm interested because I don't know if you listen to music the same way as I do, but there are almost like certain times of day that I will listen to certain albums. Mm -hmm. Like Little Dark Age was my morning commute album. Right. I don't know why. It just felt good in the mornings. Do you listen that way or is it just like literally like do you, do you shuffle a playlist a lot or how do you like or do you just when you listen to something is always like the album? How do you like yeah. now? Go, so it's always yeah. just the album. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like whenever you're like, I want to listen to this. So you could be like nighttime running or whatever.
0: Yeah, for me, it's typically a process of like I'll listen to the album enough to decide whether or not I really like it. And then once I've listened to that enough, then I start kind of just like playing songs at it one at a time Mm -hmm. or like with the MGMT album, uh, I listened to it a lot back to back at work doing whatever. And now I'm at a point to where it's like, oh, I'm going to like do the dishes. So I'll listen to these, just these two songs while I do the dishes.
1: Do you make song playlists? Not really. Okay.
0: Uh, it's just too much work.
1: Surprise! I that's <laughs> that's how I filter. Yeah. Listen to an album, I like it. Yeah, which see, songs? I can't do
0: that either. I'm
1: now sort such through. an asshole
0: that <laughs> if I don't like one song on the album, the album goes out the window. I oh, don't. Man. I don't even bother with it. No, I can't I, just I, do one song.
1: I then dissect an album. I'm like, okay, that goes on my sleep playlist. That goes on my drive playlist. That goes on my cleaning playlist. You know what I mean? Like right.
0: So that album's been really good. Uh, Parquet Quartz, which just came out, which is probably my, at this point, I would say my favorite so far that I've listened to. Just musically, lyrically, it hit, it's a home run for me. It just is so good. And as contrast, I know when we talked about MGMT before, I talked about like a little nitpick i had with it was how they he sings about technology in one of Uh the songs and how sort of like kind of like bled footed it is yeah there's a song on the new parquet courts that deals with technology that is a hundred times i feel like smarter and more insightful than that mgmt song yeah i can't remember what it's called but i do remember being like oh this is how it should have been handled
1: i'm just putting it together but i realize like this is a a area where i am Deeply influencing my son mm-hmm. in that <clears throat> I, I make a playlist for him and we just like, but the Parquet Courts has a morning indie playlist song mm-hmm. that now he just goes to all the time. Uh, and it's wide awake, mm-hmm. like driving to school. That is like the perfect song. He's like wide awake. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like when I think about the album, I love that album too. All I hear now in my head is the beat to Wide Awake. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, that's how I actually got into the album because... Got interested in the album because Parquet Court's first album was super good. I liked it a lot. I still listen to it. Like, for whatever reason, it's like a good writing album for me. Mm -hmm. If I want to, like, write, I don't know what about it just... I can sort of put on in the background. But then their second album came out and I really did not like it. Yeah. And so I stopped just paying attention to them. Oh,
1: that's what you do, yeah.
0: And then this, and then they did a video for some record store that was like, hey, this is what we bought at this record store. And I listened to it, and it was playing wide awake in the background. And I was like, what is that song? And so I looked it up, and I was like, oh, it's from their new album coming out. That's how I got into it. But that song is great.
1: That song is really good.
0: Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The new Push the T album, which is also super good. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: wait, what do you include in your mind like his diss track when you think about Daytona and like his year, or is or like our diss tracks in general or his diss track seen as like a one off? Like, you can't really even consider that like a song, like that is a diss track.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't consider it, but I mean, it's fun to follow just yeah. because it's beef. But yeah, I don't, I don't take it as anything like, I don't consider it a part of the album or anything like that. It's just fun to, to,
2: to follow, to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Pay attention to.
1: Well, I I like, um, just touching on that for a second. I saw somebody tweet, um, because Pusher T used that photo of Drake in blackface Mm -hmm. and, um, then Drake released a press release Mm -hmm. explaining it. And somebody on Twitter I saw, they were like, uh, "They're like Drake releasing a press release in response to a diss track is the whitest thing that happened Uh this week or whatever." You know, like it's just so funny that like that that diss track is you know we've talked about is like, like he's going to like salt and burn right the everything in in his (laughs) way.
0: Well, the thing to me about the picture is like. I don't think anybody was, like, taking that as, like, a symbol of, like, oh, Drake is a super racist. It just is, like, the fact that that comes out and nobody has seen that picture and that that comes out during a a rap beef looks really (laughs) bad. It just is, like, a really good shot, right? But nobody was, like, looking at me like, oh, look at how much of a racist Drake is. Yeah. The thing, the most poignant thing that I saw in response to this was, I mean, the this track itself... Is about how he's a deadbeat dad, right? And yet, when Drake responds to it, he releases a press release about the picture. Yeah. He doesn't say anything about his kid. Right. right. He still hasn't said anything about that. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like, yeah, you got me. Right. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, that Pusha T album is really good. And along the same lines, the Kanye album just came out, which I was really looking forward to, which I was hoping would be great. And it's not, really. It's yeah. kind of, uh, it's okay. Like, it's got the first two tracks I really like a lot. Mm-hmm. And then it's got maybe the sixth song, which is the one that features Kid Cudi, is really good. But the rest of it, I could kind of take or leave. Like, the production's really interesting, but for the most part, I'm not really that into it, which is pretty disappointing.
1: My, my hot take from the album Is the thing that I was most disappointed to hear is that there wasn't a song in there called I'm in therapy and I'm loving it. You know, (laughs) like,
0: well, that's what I was telling Julia the other night, last night actually, is that part of my um, interest in this album was to see if there was any sort of explanation as to what his greater motives were the past. Month, right? In terms of all of this press, everything he said, all these interviews. And the response is basically, hey, I'm bipolar, which was pretty obvious, right? I'm not trying to downplay that. And, you know, as an explanation, like, it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like I obviously uh, like that's what I was saying before he even came out with the album was like this is the behavior of like someone who's like bipolar, but at the same time it's like you're obviously like not getting the help that you need if you're melting down in such a pub like like just because you're bipolar that doesn't excuse going on to a nationally televised show and saying totally crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, that is the behavior of someone. That's the behavior of someone who is bipolar, Mm -hmm. who's not getting help. Yeah. Right. That doesn't like justify doing this stuff and like riling up these emotions and like making these inflammatory statements. And ultimately it's like depressing because it's like you have all the resources in the world and you're either using this disorder as publicity like you're exploiting it for publicity or you're just genuinely like not being looked after or taking care of yourself so that's kind of like you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. i understand like i think how he's approaching it is interesting and i think it's you know great to see him be honest about it in an album if that's the way he's doing if he's being honest but at the same time, I don't think that you have to sacrifice, like, taking care of yourself to yeah. be honest about it.
1: Well, and I think that's the thing, that we both listen to the album and we don't understand how he is... It, like, he references medications, but right. I have no idea. Well, those medications
0: are for his liposuction surgery. The, the impression I got is that's the medications he's referencing because mm-hmm. he talks about opioids a lot.
1: Yeah. And so I just don't know, like... You know, t- to me that that would have been like the bigger or, you know, you want to say it this way, like better reveal is like, yeah, this is how I'm dealing with it. But instead, it's just like, hey, this is my superpower. You know, like mm-hmm. this is like th- this is both like I and he says it a few times, he's like dark thoughts and beautiful thoughts live side by side. Right. And I just get to vacillate between them quicker, you know, like right. I can just swing back and forth between these. Um, but that doesn't mean that what you say is true. Right. You know what I mean? Or it also
0: doesn't mean that those dark thoughts need to be given a public platform to multiple millions of people. Like, yes, dark thoughts and light thoughts live side by side. Right. And yes, maybe some of the lighter thoughts come from within a dark thought. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you should be publicizing the dark thoughts. You know what I mean? Or like normalizing them. Right. Right. Or giving or allowing other people maybe other more hateful people to have a stronger platform by vocalizing those dark yeah. thoughts.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. And this is, this is not criticism that can stand, but it makes me think of like, well, you know, we listened to dissect mm. and um, dissect went over my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Right. I feel like that was a more substantive album dealing with, a lot of issues with him, right? Mm-hmm. And in a way that was much more substantial than this kind of little peek into basically like this is how I experience bipolar. Right. Ism. This is how it sounds to me. Yeah. Which is what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh so that's it for me for the for music that has actually been released this year, but there's been in a couple albums I've been listening to um just non-stop. One of them is the Lemon Twigs last album. It's yeah. called Do Hollywood. Yeah. And that was something I just found this year and it's super good. Although it is it is the there's only two albums that I can think of that have done this. It is the rare case for me where there is one or two bad songs on the album that I ignore and just listen to the rest. So songs two and three on that album I have literally deleted from my library. They <laughs> no longer exist. And I just skip over them entirely. But that but the other songs are amazing. Uh um a country artist by the name of Steve Young has an album called Rock, Salt, and Nails. That I've I been think listening
1: you to mean a country singer called Casey Musgraves, Justin. There is no other country singer. <laughs> Operating right now, except for Casey Mustard. Yeah, I've seen a lot of
0: good press for Casey Mustard. A ton of
1: amazing but press. But I've never
0: actually listened to her, and Me I always either. just assumed she was like. Uh,
1: I I, th- I thought like she was like Carrie Taylor Underwood S- or something. I thought she was Taylor Swift. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, but this Steve Young album is super good. It's from, like, I want to say maybe like 1969. And it was just one of those things where it's like, I've got a. There's a Sturgill Simpson, Sturgill Simpson has a song called Turtles All the Way Down. Have you heard that song? Mm -hmm. Amazing song. And it's like this just perfect mixture of like traditional country music and like light psychedelia, right? Mm -hmm. But the rest of the album sounds nothing like that. That's literally the only song of his that sounds like that. And so over the years since I've heard that song, I've been searching for somebody who does, <laughs> who does that. Who does this sound and does it well. And I cannot find anything, right? Uh, and just recently, a couple months ago, I was searching for it again and I came across this band that was supposed to be like the pioneers of psychedelic country called Stone Mountain, I think is what they're called. And so I listened to their first album, and it's like it's like country music meets um, Yellow Submarine or mm. Magical Mystery, whatever that album is. Yeah, like the goofy psychedelic that like the Beatles do, which is not my thing. Uh, but their lead singer was this guy Steve Young, and he's apparently this really like well revered artist. So I listened to his first album, and it's it is just straightforward like traditional country, but it's super good. At it. So I've been listening to that a lot, and. The last thing I've been listening to a lot is um, this Buck Owens record called Ruby, and that I came across from the Cocaine and Rhinestones podcast, because oh, yeah. despite the host's bad <laughs> cadence and like reading, yeah, uh, I listened to the whole thing because it was so interesting. And he did an episode on Buck Owens, and that was the um, sort of period of his life that really stuck out to me. Uh, when he released this Ruby album, and it's super good, but it is it is like pretty straightforward like bluegrass
1: stuff um yeah i've I've listened a lot I'm surprised did you listen to the last war on drugs album?
0: No, no, on drugs are kind of a little too boring for me
1: oh yeah, sorry <laughs> um but that their their last album is super good it's just like
0: droney stuff, right
1: no. War Drugs? You. Yeah. You should listen to it. Um, it's like
3: amped up drone music, I thought.
1: No. Give it, give it a listen. Um, I mean, I guess I'm, now I'm wondering if I know what drone music is. You mean just like more electronic? No, I mean like kind of like
0: dreamy stuff, but like more like power chord dream pop stuff. I just like da 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 da
1: I mean, not, not a lot so, of it,
0: reverb. Yeah,
1: okay. it a lot, but, um, no. Y- Does I,
0: it sound massively different from their old albums,
1: which are fine? I, yeah, no, no. I do. I feel like there's been a progression. I don't know. I've I've really enjoyed the last two albums, okay. especially. So maybe I'm on the upper trajectory and you're on the sure. on the downward. Um, I mean. God forbid he have uh, ten seconds of uninteresting uh, <laughs> just sound saying. Of music I'm in just a, saying I've heard it I've in heard a it. song, and then been you're there, just done. Like, that they're done. Um. So yeah, like for for me, there's been a lot. Um, like our our tastes have just been, you know, growing apart. Although I I usually like what you su- suggest, but. I feel like rarely does it go the other way. Sure. Um,
0: well, you listen to a lot more than I do, though.
1: But I feel like you've been listening to a lot more music now.
0: Well, that just means I listen to the music that I know that I like more. Not okay. that I listen to various artists. You just go more. deeper in your. Right.
3: I just yeah, listen to kinda, the same thing more. Right. Often. I
1: kind of go shotgun blast. But um, yeah, there have been like Hines is a band that. Elise hates, and I know that you would hate, mm-hmm. but they have a new album out that I really like. Um, and their their uh, the album before this one is like really good. Um, I agree with almost all of the ones you said from this year. Yeah, uh, but Mount Erie has a new album out too that is mm-hmm. just like you didn't listen to the last one, right? A no. crow looked at me. Um, it is
0: they're their, right their new one is the one about his wife's death right the old one was too oh, and this okay. is
1: like a continuation Okay. yeah um yeah
0: that's i i don't think i'm gonna be in the mood to sit down and listen to that
1: i don't think anybody can be but right. i i have returned to it because if if people ever argue about like oh well you know music it's what does it mean or you know whatever I would feel comfortable being like, listen to a crow looked at me. And that is kind of like, that's about death. I mean, that is, that is as clear as you can make music be about death to, to, to me, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's powerful, but it is not something that when you hear it, you're like, Oh, well, yeah. How do you like, what is the function of art that is like that true? (laughs) Like it's not, it's not marketable in any way or even yeah. like in some ways enjoyable. When I first listened to the album, it was like a burden that I had to share with somebody else right. just to carry it with me. Like <laughs> I had to force people be like, listen to this song so I can like offload some of this yeah. stuff, you know, that's uh, kind of the same way I feel about Suvion Stevens Carrie and Lowell. Like mm-hmm. I listen to that whole album and it just depresses me, you know, but it's, but it's really good. Um, so yeah, now that I'm like looking at it, Um, I really should have made a, made a list. Oh, this is going to be terrible because I, (laughs) I thought I'd have more time to make my list, but here I am. I don't. Um, but anyway, Nico Case's new album Uh is really good. I've been listening to that a lot. Um, Leon Bridges' new album is terrible.
3: He's the blues guy,
1: yeah uh yeah i I was super disappointed by that
3: mm-hmm. um yeah, you have to come back to me okay uh movies ah, I've got
0: two <laughs> wild wild Country, which is not a movie, it's a documentary series, and which has since I've watched it kind of fallen out of favor just because of you know how much we've talked about it and like the issues that have sort of popped up with it afterwards but while i was watching it i was captivated super good and uh again old movie the invitation yeah and even on my list in parentheses i put dependent on second viewing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I, by the end of it, I wasn't sure if I actually liked this movie. Um, but I never watched it a second time. So I obviously never got back to it, but I did yeah. like it when I watched it. Um, but I, but I could see why people don't like it. Right. Because it's a very slow burn, but I felt like it handled that tension so well, even though like some of the acting and some of the writing wasn't that
1: great.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree that that movie and it has a great ending image. I mm-hmm. thought like yeah. it, it ends strong. Um. So for this year,
3: Paddington Two
1: is still <laughs> such a good movie.
3: The flag bearer.
1: The flag bear of the year. Annihilation, which we talked about. Isle of Dogs, which I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm interested in your take on that film. Mm-hmm. Maybe A Quiet Place I should have put on there. You know, I saw that again with Elise. Mm-hmm. We had an opportunity to go see a movie. And we wanted to see Tully. But mm-hmm. Tully was literally in the theaters for maybe like two showings. And then they just were like, get this out of here. Yeah. Um, and so, we, so Quiet Place was showing. And so, I was like, oh, let's go see this. It is so good the second time. Like, we had a bunch of nitpicks. But, like, they're all still there. <clears throat> His whiteboard is ridiculous. It, it's worse than I remembered. All the headlines are just as bad, too. He has, like, 3,000 cutouts of the same article. <laughs> right. Like, it's not like he was like, I need a new article. He's like, oh, look, it says the same thing. I'm just going to cut that article out. I mean, yeah. those things are still there. But you're you're allowed to, like, let that go and then just sink in to – the way that he kind of structured his film and it moves real good. Like it is, it's really good the second time. So it actually got bumped up a little wow. bit. Uh, Black Panther is still like really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you were never really here. Okay. Have you heard about that? Uh, it's by Lynn Ramsey. She, I, we talked about maybe uh, doing a show on her last film. Uh, we Need to Talk About Kevin. Uh-huh. And um, this is with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I'm fam- I'm familiar with the title. It's based on a short story by... Um, oh, crap. What's the guy's name who did the uh, HBO series Jason Schwartzman and Ted oh, Dixon? Oh, yeah, where he's a detective the, or whatever. Yeah, the the detective mm-hmm. show. It's based on a short story by him. I really like him. Which makes me feel terrible that I can't remember his name. I guess I could Google it. Sure. Um, But that that movie I think is really good. Um, Have you heard about it? I'm sorry. I've heard the title, but I'm not familiar with anything else. Yeah, he's like a a hitman almost, rescuing people from like human trafficking. Mm -hmm. But he's also like a uh, a veteran who has like severe PTSD. Okay. And. It's just kind of like a meditative look at a super dark, you know, assassin yeah. story, but it's just told really interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, the Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling, something else I watched, Judd Apatow made a four-hour documentary about Gary Shandling, mm-hmm. um, and people were saying it was really good, and it was really good. Um, I, are you a fan of Gary Shandling?
0: Ah uh, no, I I mean I I'm I've I've not delved in too yeah. deep. I'm not familiar. My only experience, my only exposure to Gary Shandling is the best show. Yeah. So, I would say based on that alone, no. <laughs> but you know that is also like you know that they he has a, Sharpling has a sort of like begrudging respect for Gary Shandling. Like he obviously loves a lot of his stuff. Yeah but they had a bad, you know, interaction or whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, he's kind of known for his bad interactions. Right. (laughs) It it does kind of seem like he's a guy who, you know, got funnier as he aged just Mm -hmm. because he's able to develop his voice, but then just like be a rich, famous, kind of isolated. Curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. Yeah. Curmudgeon. And that's who he was. Yeah. And if you didn't know him, if you weren't like Kevin Nealon or like already in there, you weren't breaking in, you know, or right. if you didn't if share. If you weren't
0: also a rich, old curmudgeon. yeah.
1: Or, or if you didn't share like, you know, his experiences like yeah. Conan O'Brien or like other late night show hosts of like previous generations, you know, could like get in there. Yeah. But yeah, no, he was. But I, I thought the documentary kind of showed some of that. It's funny to see him take down Ricky Gervais again.
3: Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? I did watch that. that like, yeah. that is, yeah.
1: That is really yeah. cringeworthy. Uh, the Ritual, which you watched. Okay. And I still really like <clears throat> The Death of Stalin. Um, Armando Iannucci's new film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who did Veep. Okay. And did we talk about. um? In the cut?
3: Not in the cut. Maybe.
1: Crap. What's his other movie called? Anyway.
0: Is it another one of those really fast-talking, political movies? Fast-talking, political.
1: political yeah. James Gandolfini's in it. Uh, anyway, it's is really the na- good.
0: Is the word loop in the title?
1: Yes. Out of the... In the loop? In the loop. Yeah, no, I didn't
0: see that. Didn't, it's really didn't good. Didn't really look like my thing.
1: Uh, but yeah, this one too is like... Follows exactly what it sounds like the death of stalin Mm -hmm. and kind of the political intrigue that surrounded it but through like a absurdist comedic edge so they have like real figures portrayed but just what you feel like is a cartoonish way but then you look at politics and you realize no this is basically how these people were operating Mm -hmm. like out of pure fear and pure like power grabbing right. greed yeah like mixed and it creates this just like dark atmosphere that he doesn't have to say like hey this is politics in America or today he can just say like but it is you right. know what i mean yeah yeah and it's implied it's implied <clears throat> it, it's strongly just there on the surface and uh the the film itself Is like way more dark than you think it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Like you think like, oh, it's gonna be like a fun comedic, fast talking romp. But it's like dark. And in the end, it is like an unpleasant experience. But you realize like that's what he that's what it is. Like I'm not supposed to watch this and be like, ah, you know, like feel good. I'm Mm -hmm. supposed to watch this and have an undercurrent of like, yeah, that was like that was bizarre and funny and absurd, but also like I think that is how it works, you know. And so that, that film is something that is like not maybe not as enjoyable to watch because you get anxiety watching it by the end of all these people like running around trying to grab power and betray each other and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Game Night. Oh, yeah. I've been interested in that. actually. Really good. It's yeah. really, really good. And it doesn't try as hard as other films in that vein do. Mm. Like, I feel like, again, my one of my issues with Deadpool 2 there's a centerpiece joke in Deadpool 2 that, I, you know, people are like, oh, I was like, they, they they couldn't believe they put in there and it's hilarious. I don't know. When it started happening, it just felt so like, of course, they're going to like kill off all these people. Right. Like in this way. Like, of course. Yeah. It, it felt like I could anticipate the joke. And in this one, it actually has like jokes that I couldn't anticipate, which is some something to be said. Yeah. Um, a Quiet Place right after that. And then that's that's basically everything else. Uh, Red Sparrow, I enjoyed. A movie called Thoroughbreds. I actually enjoyed uh-huh. a lot um about basically like a budding psychopath or sociopath. Uh-huh. And um her trying to help out a friend by killing this friend's... uh or helping her kill her stepfather. And it's just kind of like kind of fi- oh it's um It truly is. uh, Oh, my God. We can't record in the morning because I can't remember (laughs) titles and who people are. Um, Who is the guy who was in green room who died by his car pinning him to his mailbox? I didn't see green room.
0: You mean Blue Ruin?
1: No, 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 no. I didn't Um, see green room. Yeah, you should see it. But no, I... I, No, it looks gross. We talked about this. It's not as gross. I don't believe you. Okay. Okay. Um, no, I'm talking about the, I thought that the thing that would stand out more was the guy who was killed by being pinned against Are his. there
0: people in green room who like lose their fingers or they have traumatic injuries to their fingers that you get to watch.
1: Why are you obsessed? No, with thank fingers? you. Because it's, it's gross. I don't want to watch it. But what if it was another extremity? Like, is it just fingers that gross you out? There is like,
0: something in the trailer about fingers that I remember being like, I have literally zero desire to watch even 10 seconds of that if it means I get a two-hour-long great movie.
1: Anton Yel- just Yelchin. Like with
0: the, just like with the albums, right? If you have 10 seconds in there that I don't like, I'm throwing it all out the window. I don't, what, I don't um, want any part
1: of it. That's what eyelids are for. Just close them. Anton Yel- Yelchin. Mm-hmm. Oh, you
0: mean in real life? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about in the movie.
1: No, I thought I thought that the real life point would would be the thing that stood out. I now I realize you thought I was talking about that happening in the movie, right? Like in Green Room, somebody gets pinned against right. their their mailbox by their car, right. <laughs> killed.
0: Um, no, that's yeah. So depressing, boy. That's so sad. Yeah.
1: Ugh. Yeah. I
0: forgot about that.
1: But he's in thoroughbreds. So he's really good. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway uh thoroughbreds feels like blue ruin okay yeah i think that's probably the exact kind of tone so yeah that's it and then i think we've talked about what we're looking forward to in the rest of the year i'm Mm -hmm. super excited are we seeing hereditary uh yeah
0: it's playing at regal right Mm -hmm. yeah i can probably do that i'll have to figure out when okay um, okay, so looking at my list here, I'm now realizing that I've watched so little television that I didn't even bother to include <laughs> it as a category. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if you have anything for television, Barry, Barry. Oh, that right. The HBO. Every time you say it, I think of like buried alive. Oh, <laughs> so no, Barry. Barry
2: the HBO show
1: is Barry to me feels like. Um, it feels like you're breaking bad. Like the issues that you had with breaking bad. Mm -hmm. Barry resolves number one, because Barry's first season is eight episodes of 25 to 30 minute a piece. Get in, set up your world, get out. Mm -hmm. But the amount of story they're able to build in there is really, really good. Mm -hmm. Like really good. It's dark. It's kind of about a bad character breaking bad even more. Um, And it doesn't have all the fluff that I think was one thing that you really struggled with breaking bad. Right. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the filler. Yeah. Episodes and stuff. Yeah.
0: So anyway. Well, I mean, it just gets so extreme. And I was thinking about this too. With the rest of the development. The serialized format, it has to stop. Mm -hmm. Your TV show cannot sustain more than three seasons at the most. Yeah. If Arrested Development has its first two seasons and then it stops forever, it is one of the greatest television shows in the history of television. Yeah. But now they have two amazing seasons, a third season that's fine, a fourth season that's bad, and a fifth season which we're not, I don't think we're even going to finish because the first two episodes are not like they're not terrible, but they're uninteresting enough that it's like, I don't feel like spending time watching the rest of this. It's just it's too much. Yeah, I... Um... And with Breaking Bad, it's like there's so many episodes. It's not even that it's just filler stuff. It's that when your series starts with a guy being you locked to a pole in someone's basement and you having to strangle them to death by... Holding the by right, like clasping the U lock against the pole, right? There's only one place you can go from there, and it's way super extreme. Right up, like yeah. there was a part in Breaking Bad where someone gets their head cut off and strapped to a turtle and blown up. That is <laughs> so <laughs> stupid, right? And that to me is purely a function of hey. We've got to make twenty of these things and we have to do it every single year for the next eight years. It's just as unnecessary. Take the, the the BBC route, route. Maybe that's another one
1: for your Ooh, show. Route, route, yeah. And for my show, my game.
0: Two give me two seasons. I don't even care if there's only three episodes in the season. Stop trying to drag this stuff out. We
1: don't need three seasons of Stranger Things, right? Yeah, I I feel like the other thing too. Um, uh, Martin Starr, mm-hmm. um, I would say one of the best things about Freaks and Geeks, recently said that there's like I think his quote was "There's no way in hell that they're getting together to do like a reunion or like yeah don't you know. don't bother yeah exactly." And I feel like. There's something too about the amount of time that will elapse between yeah. like shows or show being picked up or renewed that also kind of puts a ceiling on its success. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the fact that like the culture has just moved on from then or whatever else, right? Like the, the age of the characters just no longer works. Right. Um But yeah, it, it made me really encouraged to hear that. I don't think that there is, Like, it's like when you think about all time great TV shows it is like the wire freaks and geeks immediately comes to mind. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's not a better show out there. I would not want to see a like we're coming back, you know, at all.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned the wire. I would even say you take the wire, which for me, greatest TV show ever. Right. That's the TV show that I've enjoyed the most. Get rid of season two, get rid of season five. It becomes an even better show. <laughs> Find the way to work whatever uh, intricacies from those seasons that have to be in the story. Shove that into the other season somehow yeah. and just get rid of those seasons wholesale.
1: This is too much. what this perfectly leads into my next show of the year, which is Roseanne, which is <laughs> cut too short and just made perfect. You know, right. uh, no, I haven't seen Roseanne. But Barry... Elise and I just started Killing Eve. Uh huh. That show is really good. Really good. Okay. Um, so I would recommend that. That's on BBC America. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think it just wrapped. So I bet it will be on Netflix real soon. Um,
0: yeah. And let me just point out we were talking about how attention hungry this dog is. And we've been recording for an hour and 10 minutes now. And. During that hour and 10 minutes, he spent at least 50 of those minutes over here, nudging my hand, sitting next to my chair, laying down on the floor, looking at me. He just went over to you to get petted. And now he's bringing toys in here. It's like, come on. You can't get enough. Just take a break. And like, you know, he didn't get to go on his walk this morning, right? Because of my back and because
1: whatever. But it's like, just relax a little bit. yeah. Um. So, uh, The Terror. Uh huh. Um, I think that show is really good as well. Um, super enjoying that. Um, I do have one I want to add to the TV
0: list. Yeah. Short and sweet, to the point. One episode. I guess maybe it's more of a special than it is a TV show. <laughs> the Push. Oh, shit. It's up. so <laughs> stupid and it's so <laughs> dumb. That it has made it onto my best of television this year. <laughs> it has to be watched. Must see Netflix. The push. Uh,
1: yeah, so I think, I, I think it's hard with TV because um, TV is such a commitment. Like, it, it's hard to start new shows for like, Elise and I, too. Mm-hmm. So many shows I want to watch. Um, I've also uh, been watching Legion. Okay. Um which I've been enjoying Westworld, which I've been enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um a show called Happy, which I think we talked about by one of the Neville Dean Taylor guys. Mm-hmm. Uh which I probably wouldn't recommend, but Right, see now but now you're just I listing shows that you've watched. Watch. This I is supposed to be the best
0: of the year so far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so let's limit let's limit it to uh the terror Killing Eve, Barry is by far the best, Uh Um, Westworld.
0: I will say one thing I'm really looking forward to and that I fully expect to be on my best of the year list at the end of the year is the wrap up to The Staircase, which is coming out very soon.
1: I think in a week.
0: Yeah. Okay, books. I've got... The tenth of December, which yeah. is the George Saunders short stories book, which was blew my mind, uh, including the Q and A at the end of the book with David Sedaris, especially that, yeah, yeah, and uh, Bird Box, which I listened to, which I really enjoyed, and uh, I'm like. Halfway through Lincoln in the Bardo right now, also by George Saunders, and uh, obviously I'm
1: only halfway through, but I am liking it a lot. 10th of December as well. Um, I'm midway through that. None m- of these books, by the way, came out this year. <laughs> right. I'm midway through The Wind Up Bird Chronicle. Uh huh. And it is just like. It's the type of writing that I don't get. Yeah, I it, had to stop. It, it's all figurative. I know that these people represent something. Right. And I just can't <laughs> yeah. because they are not operating like people. Right. And so, but I'm too dumb. Yeah. I'm too dumb for yeah. that book, I feel like.
0: Yeah, it starts off so strong. Yeah. But then it's, I, th- I. feel like I feel like that same idea is why it starts off so strong. But when you get into... You know, 400 pages of that, and you're still in the same place, and you're, and you're all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This book started with like all of these allegories that I thought I was going to get answers for. <laughs> and I've just read 400 pages, and I'm still like in the middle of the allegory.
1: <laughs> I'm yeah. totally lost. It, I think the other thing that hurts it is it feels like the New York trilogy mm-hmm. in, in writing and structure a little bit. Yeah. It's way longer and the new york trilogy combines three stories. Right. I have a feeling like this is all just one story and I'm already like what are they talking like what yeah. are these people talking about I just I'm so it makes me feel so dumb. Yeah. Um The Gone World okay is really good that's one that I read this year that has stuck with me. I don't think any of these are really from this year. Um you know, Semiosis I think still works. Uh, yeah. The Last Mrs. Parish,
3: which is like a page-turner, but I thought was pretty good. Um, See, I think I talked about everything else. The the Fact of a Body. Mm -hmm. Oh,
1: another movie that I've started, and it made me think of The Fact of a Body, which is like a memoir. Um and somebody like exploring their own um like this like this crime, this mm. criminal, kind okay? of interweaving and looking at like maybe some abuse they had in their background. Have you heard of a movie called The Tale? No. It premiered at um
0: Like a Tale Sundance. like a story or tale like a tale?
1: Like story. Okay. And it stars Laura Dern. It's a little generic. Common.
0: Why don't you just call it the movie?
1: Uh, because it has to do with something I can't talk about right now. Got a
3: Pokemon. Good job. It was in the house. Yeah. Can you go back upstairs, please? We're almost done. It is about, like, somebody. It's, it's done by
1: a documentarian, mm-hmm. and it's like a. Documentary fiction hybrid she has like Laura Dern playing her mm-hmm. and when she's an adult, her mom finds some stories that she wrote when she was younger, and through those stories, she realizes like this experience that she had when she was younger was much more predatory right than she thought, mm-hmm. and the film itself like it had to have a disclaimer at the end, whereas like. Like we did not film any child in any of these like scenes. Mm -hmm. It was all it was a body double and stuff like that. But I mean, it it like it shows some stuff. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten that far into it, but the fact of a body and the tail, I think, kind of unblinkingly look at abuse. Yeah, and the effects of it in a way that is sometimes like, which again, we kind of talked about like a crow um, looked at me album by Mount Erie about the death of his wife. Yeah. And you wonder sometimes like, what is the function of art that is that kind of honest in its depiction and assessment of a difficult subject. Mm -hmm. But then you look at like me too, or you look at like the, like the me too movement, or you look at the recent interview with the arrested development cast and you realize like, some people who claim to know or know some of s- how something can work in mm-hmm. terms of like abusive workplace or something still have like no idea. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so I think that there's value there. But like Elise was like, I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I <laughs> totally understand yeah. it. But yeah. um, but yeah, that's something else that I'm that I'm watching too. Okay. Uh,
0: podcasts. I've got Hollywood Handbook, which was on a real tear at like the beginning of the year up until even a few episodes ago they have been super funny yeah and um meet my friends the friends which is tom sharpling's friends recap podcast it started (laughs) off for me a little maybe not weak i just was a little unsure of like the tone or what they were going for but over the Past two seasons, which it's like they're like 10, 15 minute long episodes. They release three or four a week. And he's just, you know, it's a, it's a, he's sort of like making fun of recap podcasts, uh, but he's trying to recap all of Friends. Uh, <laughs> and it's, but it's gotten really good and really yeah. funny. I like it a lot. Um, any others? That's it. Those are the only two that really stand. You know, like I said before, I've been cutting podcasts out. So, and the only one that was really new for this year is Meet My Friends The Friends. But I wanted to mention Hollywood Handbook just because they had like a string of episodes a few months ago. Like consecutive episodes that were just hilarious. So funny. Uh, but other than that, nothing real. I mean, open floor. But that's not, you know, it's a basketball podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're into basketball, check out Open Floor. They're really good. But
1: I want to give a quick like thumbs down for Embedded, which I talked about with you when they first started. They're mm-hmm. doing a mini series on like coal country, coal yeah. stories. And the first episode is basically just one big disclaimer Hey, we know how this looks. Us coming in to be like, Hey, has Trump kept his promise on coal country, you know, to, to coal country and stomping around, you know, West Virginia and stuff, mm-hmm. um, trying to prove that point, you know. Um, but they're like, but trust us, we're aware of it, blah, 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 blah. Well, they just finished. And I was listening to the last episode and they're like, so this is our last episode. And I was like, What? <laughs> This is your last episode. Yeah. So basically, you went to coal country, you're like, listen to this guy cry about not having a job. Mm-hmm. Listen to this guy get a job in, in coal like he wanted. And it's really tough. Listen to this guy who tried to move out, but now has to move back to, you know, where he was. The end. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's the same kind of stuff where it's like, we're going to cover white supremacy or whatever. And all we're going to do is like, they're, it's more complicated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people are complicated, right? This person's complicated. They mm-hmm. have a child, you know, whatever else. And you're like, say something. Yeah. Say something. I, I don't want to just l- hear that they're people. T- I know that they're people too. Yeah. You know, but is this about Trump? Then make it about Trump. Yeah. So that was the most frustrating one. Um, beyond that, in the dark, um, mm-hmm has a new uh season out this year, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um they're doing like a true crime investigation, but actually like finding stuff, not just commenting yeah. or being like, Will we find something? I don't know. Tune right. in like they're like, no, we did this, we've uncovered stuff, and then here's the here's the the story. All about a guy who's been tried six times for a murder, mm-hmm. convicted six times and it's clearly just like a railroad situation. Like it's, yeah, it's terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been listening to, to that. Been going strong with Chapo Hollywood handbook. I agree. Although I'd still say, um, they're hold, holding up the gateway, which you turned me on to and the new 30 for 30 season Mm -hmm. about this yoga guru. Um, I've been listening to that and that's been interesting. Uh, yeah, everything else I've just kind of, um, i just been a continuation, but those are some of the new ones I've been listening
2: to. Yeah.
0: I will say it's been interesting for me to see how podcasting and it's kind of the same thing with like YouTube or really any sort of new media format has gone from being this platform for like, you know, just whoever they want. Can make a podcast, whoever they want can start a vlog on YouTube or can make videos for YouTube. And it's slowly now transitioning into maybe not even slowly, but it's definitely transitioning into this is just another arm of like corporate mainstream Hmm. media. You know, it's like with the gate, like the gateway. I was listening to. What was I listening to? I was listening to something, and it had an ad for the Gateway in it, and I thought, oh, this sounds interesting, so I'll check it out. But it, but the ad was like new from Gizmodo Media or whatever. And it's like, oh, <laughs> this is just like it's just like a new TV show, basically. Right. It's like these are like real productions, and I'm not, you know, saying there's anything wrong with that. It just is interesting that it's. Got into this place that's like you know when podcasts first came out, it was like listen to like four or five like-minded people talk about things that are not going to be talked about anywhere else, right? Like you're not going to get a bunch of video game reporters talk seriously or joke around about video games on any TV channel. So this is your only place to get it. Is the you know, one up podcast or whatever.
2: Mm -hmm. And now it's just like, yeah, here's a new TV show. Here's a new sitcom.
0: Uh, You don't have any more podcasts? Uh, No. Okay. Last category I've got are games. Uh, And I don't really have anything. I think game wise, that's like really stuck out to me and that I've really loved. Uh, We got a switch. So I played a lot of Golf Story, which I did like a lot. I played a lot of Picross, <laughs> yeah. which I'm not really sure that deserves to be on the list, but I played it until I beat everything. Yeah. And I've played a lot of Splatoon, and I've played a lot of Mario Odyssey. And I don't really love any of those games. Oh, but i liked them enough to put to to pump in a bunch of hours and i'm still playing mario odyssey now kind of on my way to i was playing to kind of collect everything but then i got sidetracked with balloon world uh-huh and i've really enjoyed playing balloon world yeah
1: <laughs> you know it's good i've dabbled now that was something i just kept running back, running past cuz i was like i don't yeah. get this and focusing on the moons Mm-hmm. which apparently Indie restarted our game. Oh, really? Which, yeah, you, like, progressed through and you wanted to beat it again. And you didn't know that you could, like, save. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. We, we lost a bunch of moons. But anyway, yeah. so I've been focusing on that again. But yeah, I've done Balloon World. And you made fun of one of my balloon placements. <laughs> I wasn't making... Well, I was just talking trash, that's except, all. Except... It's just some friendly I, competition. I haven't found you. I don't know how to... F- I want to find your Well, yours just sh- That's shown what I'm up.
0: saying. Yeah, yours just shown up randomly. Mine may have... Are, are probably being popped. That's why it's not there. Because after a while, or if like... I'm not sure how it works totally. But I think if like your balloon gets popped once or twice or three times, it doesn't show up anymore. Okay. But it has to be more than once, I feel like. because I found yours and then it immediately was on the list again. So I think if it's like once it's found two or three times or maybe it's by different people, it After disappears. a certain amount of time, yeah. it
1: goes down. Yeah. Well, I want to – we need to coordinate then because I want to find your stupid balloons then, <laughs> Mr. Uh, found Yours in 10 seconds.
0: Mine are never hard to find. I just will play a little bit and see where like they're commonly hidden and then I just try and hide it in some place different. That's not one of the common places.
1: Um, Yeah, so I would agree. Mario Odyssey, uh, Zelda has been great. Also, this is also a question I have about Balloon World. Mm -hmm. When you hide
0: those balloons, are you using all of your time on the clock? Or are you run into a spot as soon as you get there, hiding it, and then getting it, and then being done with it.
1: That the one that you found was the first one I ever hid. Right, and but so, I also
0: found one in the Mushroom Kingdom under a bridge, and I found it, and I had like twenty seconds left still. So I right.
1: thought, did you run around and then find this spot? Or? No, that one was pretty quick. But I was thinking, so I'm could, not, sh-
0: I'm not sure if they give you like extra time or if the time is based on exactly how long how it took much how much to you hide have.
1: It. I think I think it's based on how much you have, uh, because. Yeah, I I wanted to hide it quick because the first one, I ran as far as I could mm-hmm. and then hid it under a bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of have a theme, I realize. <laughs> right. And this one, I saw a bridge immediately there and I was like, oh, well, yeah. let me see which one...
0: Like well, and to be fair, too, the cap Kingdom balloon world is like the one that people use to get coins the fastest because right so theres not very many places yeah. you can hide it, and you can find them very quickly and and none of them are really difficult to get to
1: right so yeah we we'll need to coordinate and pick a world and and see okay if we can frustrate each other um so yeah that's that's been good uh darkest dungeon, which I keep hate loving um PUBG which mm-hmm. is now drifting to hate last night was the first <laughs> time that Chris just refused to play oh, PUBG really? yeah he was like I can't I can't it's too It's a good
0: run though for like a $40 game. Oh
1: no, it's it's a really good run and uh and I think it still has a little bit of life in it mm-hmm. but they seem to have focused more on like PC and the game on console has got like they launched a new map it's almost unplayable. Yeah. Um so yeah, they're they're kind of screwing it on that. Um but I still I still have fun. Um but yeah, there's um what else? Oh, Splatoon 2. Mm-hmm. I've gotten back into and that that game is just so well yeah. built. I'm actually not interested in the um DLC. Mm-hmm.
0: I will say this The one thing that I really don't like about the Switch, well, I guess it's not even about the Switch. The one thing that I've been spoiled on because of Destiny is over the course of four years, I paid, I bought a new game, a new $60 game twice (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I was playing so much Destiny. I bought other little games for like $10, $15 or like I bought like Batman, whatever the last Batman was when it went on like super sale for like 20 bucks or whatever. But now that I'm on the Switch and there's all these games that my girls want to play, it's like, I'm not paying $60 for Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze and then two, three weeks later paying another $60 for Mario Tennis and then paying another $60 for whatever, it's like, I do not understand how people keep up with all of these new video game releases, yeah, sixty dollars is a lot of money, yeah no,
1: no so i might, <laughs> I'll say for for me with the switch, it's been independent games that have really kept me yeah you know, but,
0: kept, but, kept me well, going. yeah, but see, I'm also trying to buy like i'm not i don't think I've bought anything on the switch outside of like golf story mm-hmm. I don't think I've bought anything on the switch that was purely just for me. it has to be playable for a four and a five year old yeah <laughs> so that's part of it so i'm staying away from the indie releases on the switch for the well most i part.
1: think there's a lot that that they could get involved in mm-hmm. um yeah you, you should see my wish list i wonder can you share wish, wish lists i don't know uh anyway Okay,
0: and I've got a couple board games. Yeah. Uh, drop Mix, which I think we haven't yeah. played a ton of, but we did play a lot when we first got it. Right. But I think it just has to be mentioned because it's such a cool game. It is. And it's so much fun when you yep. do play it. Uh, And we've also played a good amount of Codenames Duet, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun. And I also, while playing it, because I, uh, Julie and I have not had a lot of success, <laughs> And I think but when like I play it with like you, like me, you and Bill or whoever play it against the Ramoses or, you know, the our wives. We do well together. Right. Mm-hmm. And they do well together. So I think there's a difference in like communication styles mm-hmm. in that when I'm trying to when I pick all of my uh, words or I'm like trying to pick a clue for the words, the way I approach it is that. I'm trying to, like, forge a like mini story in my mind that connects all of these words together, right? And the way Julia does it is she is like, just looking for the most common um, connections to the words. And it's yeah. like, it's a slight difference. But the way I try and I make it is that like, if you guess one of the words, that word is also giving you a clue for the other two. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Whereas hers are just more or less uh, independently, if that's possible, connected to the clue. Yeah. And so that has led to a lot of frustration.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I've, you've got me interested in playing that. We've been playing a game called Five Minute Dungeon Indy and Elise and I, yeah. And I, I think that's super fun. I think your girls maybe are are getting close for that game. Maybe not yet because it really takes coordination. Yeah. To to beat the whole thing, we we haven't been able to beat the whole thing actually. Um, so five minute dungeon has been fun. Uh, King Domino, have mm-hmm. heard about that? No. That's actually really fun. And Sophia might be might be there mm-hmm. with that. And yeah, with board games, I'm kind of like you with, with video games. It has to be something that indie
3: can play. Oh, Unearth. I taught him Unearth. Mm-hmm. He beat me. Unearth is a,
1: an amazing game. Um, and I've been playing that. Played that with Elise mm-hmm. the other night, too. It's, uh, that, that game's super fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've also, as a family, we've played a lot of Ghost Fighting Treasure Hunters. Yeah. Which is a perfect game oh, yeah. for like younger kids mm-hmm. because it seems because there's just like a lot to it, <clears throat> but it's also very simple.
1: Yep.
0: Uh Sophia is in love with that game. And there's a German game that we've been playing that is we haven't played as much, but I really like it because I think it's just very clever. And it's also very simple. It's called Spooky Stairs. And you just uh, it's basically four players, or how many players, but we have four. And there's the board is just a staircase that you have to go up. And you start off as just the, your wooden figure. You roll a die that has one, two, three, four. How many sides are on a dice? Six. Six. <laughs> so it it depends has, on the
1: die. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not sure what's on it. It has four numbers, I feel like. It has a ghost symbol. There's a four-sided
1: die, yeah.
0: It has a ghost. No, but it's a regular die. Okay. It has a ghost symbol, and then I'm not sure what's on the last space. Mm. But anyways, once you get a ghost symbol, you can place a wooden ghost over any figure on the board, and then eventually, you'll have four ghost figures on the board, and you have to remember who is who. And Um. when you move, you're allowed to move whoever you want. And so it's whoever makes it to the top of the stairs first wins. But just a really good, simple like memory game that the girls enjoy
1: playing. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, For books, I also want to throw out Descender, the graphic novel I've been reading. Really enjoying that. Mm -hmm. And Beach House for albums. And Rye. Yeah, the
0: Beach House album for me is good. I've enjoyed it. But it's kind of like the same thing with the war on drugs, where it's I feel like with the Beach House album, I feel like this album is different, like evolved enough yeah. from their older stuff to keep it interesting. It for It is, me. yeah. Um, but I've with Beach House, I've basically gone Teen Dream, mm-hmm. which is a masterpiece, yeah. And I've skipped everything else up until <laughs> this new album.
1: <laughs> yeah, you should go back. It's Bloom, right? Uh huh. Yeah really good yeah okay
0: anything else
1: yeah I mean I want to say I know that I dropped the ball um, so get ready for Corrections next episode sure. <laughs> where I will actually be able to go over my lists uh-huh. and uh, come up with real stuff a, a redux a redux uh-huh. yeah my Arrested Development season 4 redux of my yeah. year in review
0: okay Yeah, my list is as comprehensive as it's going to get. You
3: did it.